This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're going to be telling stories from the road. Mm-hmm. Your boys have been traveling a little bit. We've been touring the country, and we've got lots of experiences. We've got lots of experience, you know. Road stuff. Uh, yeah, the tour of mythicality um, uh, continues, and uh, so uh, as of the airing of this podcast, we're we're coming off of a, a live stream. Uh, yeah, that hopefully you were able to. Hopefully catch. there were no technical. I mean, what, what? How how ironic will it be if there were like some crazy technical problem? And that's all we've been talking about no. for the past week. No, 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 no. Maybe if I talk about it now, it'll jinx it, um, and it won't happen. Um, the other thing, well, and and then if you you know if you didn't watch the live stream, there's still other ways that we're that we're packaging well, the packaging the happening. the tour the um the stage show that is the tour of mythicality, which I think we're not going to call the tour of mythicality at that point. We'll call the thing something real catchy. Well, we know what it is. You don't want to say no. Okay, that's fine. No, if you watch the show, you can you can infer what it is. It's a stage show slash comedy show. So I don't know why I'm I'm talking about it, but we're going to be telling you some things that have happened to us in the course of traveling together for a couple of trips. So yeah, because because as of the the recording of this, we've got a couple under our belts. Been to New York, been to Texas, and we're still gearing up for that uh, San Francisco, San Diego, L.A. leg of the tour. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. But first, um. I just want to give a health update. Yeah, that's what since, we do now. Since uh, you, you know you've given a lot of health updates, and I love them. I'm sure you do. I can't wait to hear your health updates. So I, can I give you one? I, I'm all ears. I hurt my back, brother, and you weren't there for me. I went to the gym. This was two mornings ago, and I'm in the gym, and I'm down on all fours in what they call the beast position, and on your hands and knees, and then if you lift your knees off the floor, so your feet. Who calls it the beast position? The, 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 the instructor. Just your instructor or instructors worldwide? I don't know, I didn't ask him that. I thought that'd be insulting. No, did you make up that name? I think they did. That's my theory. You're on your, Never heard get of that. on your hands and knees with your, with your toes on the ground too, and then push oh, with the your, beast position? Push with your toes so that your knees come off of the ground, and it's a really good core workout when then you drag a bag across the floor underneath your torso. Uh, just like a beast. Just like a beast, <laughs> known worldwide. Yeah, beast dragging bags worldwide. And then, man, I am up to legit status. What do you got, like a 60 pound bag? What are we talking, 70? It's, no, it's, I extended my, right leg out straight. It, well now what's that, a three-legged beast? Yeah, it's the three-legged beast. You need to, you need to be consultants for them to, yeah. to certify the names. I will name all your positions. It made it difficult. Yeah. And then something tweaked in my back, like not on the spine, just to the right, definitely muscle like. Mid-back. Mid-back. Yeah. Mid, like, it feels, in the, in, you got these muscles in your mid-back that you just feel like there's no way I could, activate them right now. It's right. just like an unnecessary muscle, but it's, it's like actually a, really necessary. Like a deep muscle going over the rib cage kind of yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't think too much of it. I'd, and pride creeps in very quickly because I didn't wanna stop. Yeah, you gotta keep going. So I kept going and then right after that, I'm gonna do some squats with two kettlebells. So I'm like, 
What position is that? I take the, just the kettlebell squat. Squatting hen. Squatting hen. Squatting hen. <laughs> the egg layer. Oh, the egg so, layer. Like, I scoop up these two huge kettlebell, I mean huge 70 kettlebells. pounds each? I'm talking like 130 pounds each. Oh gosh. I'm like, Yoop! and I pick them up and I have them under my, I've scooped my elbows underneath and my, my thumbs are against my collarbone just like he told me. And then I start squatting to lay another egg. Is this Chad? That's, yeah, Chad, that's, Chad was doing it. And then I, I start coming back up and I'm like, ooh, that spot now is really hurting. And I dropped the kettlebells and I'm like. You tapped out. I tapped out, I was like, I can't. I've done something, brother. Mm. I can't keep going. And then I I did some stretches and tried to, he showed me, he there was, there was a correlation between the back and the hips and I was like, I'm too far gone, man. I did some hip opening uh, yeah. stretches. Right, he tried to loosen you up. But then I just, I had to leave in defeat and I had a hard time leaving. By the time I got home, I felt like I couldn't walk. Stiffens up on And you. I started to get really scared because you've made me paranoid with all of the stuff you've been through, mm -hmm. it's scary stuff, man. You could, you've been uh, debilitated for months. weeks or months at a time. Yeah. And I knew that it wasn't like skeletal related. Skeletal related. <laughs> um, but I was still kind of panicking. And then I come in and we gotta shoot some stuff. And I mean, I just feel for you. I, I, I know what it's like to be in a horrible mood because your back hurts. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's tough, man. Could you tell I was in a bad mood? Well, you weren't there for me because I texted you on the way home. On the yeah, way something home. something happened. Because you were coming to pick me up to carpool well, in. Well, I pull and up I, to your house no. and Link comes out with, yeah, like he just looks like, just, he's just forlorn. And he's got kind of bent over and stiff, right? He's got what looks like the kind of brace that you would wear when you're move, helping somebody move, and you have it like up around the middle of your back, like kind of riding your nipples. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what in the world is going on? You're like, you didn't get my text, <laughs> and for some reason I didn't. I don't. Ever since that freaking phone update, oh, our gosh. phones don't work at home. The like, doom what, seed has germinated. They, they want us to upgrade to the next phone. That's what they want us to do. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm a freaking up, I'm gonna buy the new phone. You have to. Because the operating system, here's what happens. Yeah, this is a conspiracy, but I fully believe it. I mean, way back, we wrote the the iPod, dead iPod song, and we talked about the doom seed. It's yeah. in there. But what it is, is the programmers get all excited about the latest and greatest technology and what they can get their phones to do with the new software. And they're testing it, having a grand old time. And they'll tell you that they test it on old phones. But do you really think yeah. that You think any, there's a guy at Apple who's like, I'm the old phone guy. Yeah, I'm gonna and try. I don't even have a freaking old phone. I have the previous version. They are never going to spend any amount of their own personal time experiencing the trauma of running the newest operating system on an older phone. Because they've because got us trapped. Because it's frustrating. They've got us trapped. It frustrates the crap out of us. So it's gonna frustrate the crap out of them so they're not gonna do it. Yeah, now and we it, have to get it, the new phone. And it's just an, to be normal people. And you know what? No one there, and I'm not just talking about Apple, I'm it's, talking I'm about. I'm sure it's everybody. Every, every, every company that has software and hardware, they do it on, they embrace it. They don't do it on purpose, but they just let it happen because it benefits them for the software to go beyond the hardware to require the purchase of new hardware to keep up. Yeah, that's why I didn't get your text. Long story that is short, the doom suit I, used, I used to get your text from my house to your house, but they put up a virtual wall between our homes now. And then the text. And I don't, and we don't, we, texts don't work anymore. The text said, hurt my back, Will you please anything, come comfort me? Anything you can do, bring, or advise, 
do it. Like I was expecting braces, shots, drugs. I didn't know I what, have, what all you had. I have all of that. But I wanted all of it. But I did, I do carry. And you came with nothing. No, no, so I carry a brace in my backpack, so I did have that, but you already had that great looking nipple brace. <laughs> I thought that was, that was more than enough. You were wearing your corset, and I thought you, corset, looked, yeah. you looked great. Um, but I also discussed with you I that. I could have worn it under my shirt, by the way, but I kind of felt sexy. Yeah, yeah, you are, you, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well. I didn't give you my brace because my brace is really sweaty. I, it really isolates oh. the low back, and you were kind of having a mid back problem, so I just didn't think it would be of any help to you. But and also, listen. I mean, you, I'm glad you mentioned that. I I I went out of my way to when you were complaining about it to be like to not say. You know, I felt exactly the way you felt for <laughs> weeks on end, like seven times over the past well, decade. I, I don't. But well, but I, I but I didn't say anything because I was like you know what that's the worst thing you can say to somebody who's currently in pain is what is, is to say, well you know what oh. I I know exactly how you feel I've and I've had that pain a lot more than you have oh that's, yeah you, you know I, that, oh it, I knew it, that you don't, that's you don't want to say that to somebody but I don't feel like I complained that much no you didn't complain that much but you were very affected it, but, but I completely it's such a distraction when something yeah that core first of all. Any pain, if you have chronic pain, I really feel, feel for you because it becomes this distraction that, I mean, I do think you eventually get better at dealing with it. It makes good television if you're like House. You remember that show? Mm -hmm. That was good for a, a number of seasons because of his suffering. But uh, especially Buddy System season one, I had crazy back issues the whole time. Season two, I had them for like a week. But like, it, yeah, it, it sours everything. So I'm glad you're doing better. You're not wearing the corset anymore. I'm doing better because I went to Yvonne, mm -hmm. a physical therapist who. Uh, also my physical therapist. Christy is friends with her, so then she was able to like come in early mm -hmm. before we had to shoot um, GMM. And so from seven to eight o'clock, I swung by there and she put me in these poses and holds, it was weird. I need to go name those positions because it's true, she does put you in a lot of positions. Well, because I was expecting to lay down and have her like massage the spot and I understand that different parts of your body connected so like she might like manipulate the hips. She'll or, like grab your ear, you know, I mean it's like, <laughs> she's like, you know, the, the back is Oh, your back hurts, let me get the earlobe. To your left eyebrow, let me massage that. She's, there's lots of connections that she finds. But at one point, I was sitting up with my arms, with my hands clasped behind my neck, like like I'm showboating, mm -hmm. and then I'm shirtless. You took a shirt off, huh? Well, yeah, because you got to get well very early on. I had to be access, shirtless yeah. so that she could like right. Yeah, I forgot know, about that part. You know, you, there's no reason to have a shirt on when your your when your your muscles are being specifically manipulated in your back. I mean, yeah, put that on a t-shirt. Um, my hands are clasped behind my my bare neck, and then she's behind me, hugging me mm -hmm. from behind. That wasn't part of the treatment. And then her thumb is like in my sternum. And then she told me to turn to the left, lower my right arm, my right elbow a little bit. She's behind me, she's looking at the ground. And then she's like squeezing and doing these like 
subtle thing. I don't, it's just, I, I, it I doesn't been, feel like anything. I felt like I was posing for a weird art project. Right, it doesn't feel you like know, much. I was like, is somebody painting us right now? Yeah, well, I, I was. Because <laughs> nothing is happening. Through that little peephole. She, she'd be like. Uh, it's drying right look now. Look to the left a little. Okay, now relax. And I would be like, I barely look to the left. She'd be like, I'll do it again. It's like, just Oh like, yeah, she does the tense, minuscule, relax, tense, relax. Minuscule tense, relax. stuff that if somebody walked in on it, it's not that you'd think it was inappropriate. Well, you you would just would. think it was avant-garde. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, I bet she's charging a lot for that. Performance art. And she was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, she does. <laughs> but you know what, I feel better. Uh, well, that's the I, thing that I, I applied learned. some wet heat on my own time. <laughs> and then, uh, How'd you come about that? A uh, little hot tub action, baby. Uh, wet heat. Now, um, I used to, because I'm, I'm a skeptic, right? So. When she first started like doing that stuff to me, she like when, when I was dealing with my, because I've got like the back thing, I've got hip things, I've got knee things, it's uh -huh. like I'm a mess. She um, does this stuff and like the first like three months, I was just like, man, this is BS. That's yeah. what I'm thinking, but I'm also like, I'm just gonna give it a chance. And I gotta say that um, it it whatever, I don't know how, all this works, mm -hmm. but the stuff that she showed me to do, that, that she did, and the stuff that she showed me to do, which like now stretches. I do. Well, there's stretches, but there's like getting certain muscles to be, to like basically to increase the mobility of certain parts of your body and then how it's like across your body and yeah, like yeah. this shoulder and related to this thing. And getting all that moving, like it, my back is don't, so much better than it's ever been. Don't say it though. However. Don't jinx it. However, I do currently have a pulled butt muscle, but I think, but it's definitely not. It's not. It's not hurting right now, but it's just like somehow I pulled my butt muscle in my Pilates class. Oh, but it wasn't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Put I don't, that on a T-shirt. I don't know what to do. I thought about calling Avon, but then I was like, that's going to be a weird session because there would be a lot of glute massage, which personally I'm into. But I mean, that does get even more awkward. We should live stream these treatments to defray some of the cost and the awkwardness. If you know that like hundreds of people are watching, maybe more, um, I think it actually is better for everybody. I think there's some sort of. Like your glute's not exposed. I think there may be like a HIPAA situation. If you, isn't that the health people? I don't think you can yeah, broadcast. I don't think you can broadcast. I thought you were talking about a hip and like, you just said it wrong. Like medical situations. Like there's no doctor that live streams his meetings with his patients because it like violates some laws. I think the bottom line is um, I still feel a tinge of pain, but I'm on the mend. It was just, you know, it's just a pulled muscle. It's kind of deep. No issues there long term. Well, I'm glad you're back, Link. No pun intended. Yes. Ear Biscuits is supported by Nature Box. Now, on GMM, we end up eating a lot of stuff, you know this, and a lot of it is not the healthiest uh, foods. <laughs> a lot, what are they called again? Foods. foods, that's right. A lot of times, we, we, we dive into the fast food world a lot yeah. when we're not eating something gross, it's always at least gonna be bad for you. Right, so we like <laughs> to balance that out. Yeah, with some snacks that are healthier and Nature Box helps make that possible. They've got over 100 snacks that taste good because that is also very important to us and are actually better for you because they're made from high quality, simple ingredients, which means no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners. We've talked to you about this before. You know about the Nature Box, so you can feel good 
about what you're eating, you nature box it up with the snacks. You like nuts? Yeah. Well, let me tell you what kind of nuts they got. I'm Listen, I'm just gonna read about nuts. That's, that's how extensive Go this is. Go nuts for nuts. Mocha almonds, pistachio and almond mix, garlic pistachios, nutty power clusters, sriracha roasted cashews, sweet blueberry almonds, salt and pepper pistachios, coconut cashews, sweet and salt, <laughs> salty nut medley. Uh, I'm putting a sweet drum. and simple berry nut like mix. Like a hi-hat underneath. Jalapeno cashews, cranberry almond bites, harvest nut mix, honey, nope, naked trail mix, mixed nuts, raw pecans, raw walnuts, roasted salted pistachios. <laughs> I'm not done. Raw almonds, roasted salted almonds, raw cashews, roasted salted cashews. I'm done. I probably missed a couple, but that's a lot of nuts. We went nuts for nuts. And I I added a hi-hat under there. I don't know if it just sounded, that wasn't an error. That was me adding a hi-hat and then I switched to bass and then you were done. I did not know how long the nuts would go. The nuts go as long as you need them to. And there's all other types of snacks that you can get too, like blueberry almond, Quinoa you don't bites. have you don't have to list more. I just listed so many. There's <laughs> but, a lot more. And Over that one even had almonds in it. And right, right now, Nature Box is offering you, ear biscuitier, fifty percent off your first order when you go to naturebox.com/ear. That's naturebox.com/ear for fifty percent off your first order. Get all the nuts you want. Naturebox.com/ear. Now back to the biscuit. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about our travels. One of the funny things, one of the really funny things that happened uh, <laughs> as we were getting ready to leave for <laughs> this most recent trip that we've had as of the recording of this was our Texas trip. Yeah. And we had a car come pick, they picked you and Christy up and then they drove to my house and picked me and Jesse up. And then drove us all to the airport so right. that we didn't have to leave a car at the airport. Um, and so let me just say that like we're sitting in this SUV at the bottom of your driveway because it's like a you can't drive up you have, the driveway. Have a, you have a steep driveway, so yeah. the, the guy wouldn't drive up there. I told him not to. So we're just parking down there at the bottom, and then at, we're waiting for you and waiting for you. And then all of a sudden, I look in the rearview mirror and I see there's a guy standing behind the SUV. Mm-hmm. He's not immediately behind it. He's like I can see his full body, and I can see that he has a dog at his foot that's sitting there. Yeah, and there. He's staring. He's not. He's not looking to and fro. He's not looking at his dog. He's staring at one point up your driveway. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. And it took me a while to figure it out. But I was like, he's looking like a statue, an angry statue. And he was looking up your driveway. And then I told Christy, I was like, look at that dude. And then that's that's all I. That's as far as I got before you started coming down the driveway. So. When I got to the bottom of the driveway and I saw him, I knew who he was and I knew what he was upset about. Because I could tell that dude was upset. You know how when someone's upset and their eyes water? Like I could tell from a distance that like. Well, he was mad crying? Yeah, <laughs> he had a little mad cry. Like his eyes were wet. I, w- I was like, I'm not getting out of this uh, car. He was so, I don't, he was and, livid. But, but I thought that he was resting his dog. I didn't know if he was like, if his eyes were sweaty because it was like a hot day, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Well, let me just give some background. So, um, I share a property line with this man, <laughs> and uh, part of the property line is a fence that he has a fence and I have a fence, and the fence is there's like a six inch gap between the fences. No, no issues there. Uh, but I will say that the way I got to know him was is that my kids were playing basketball. We have a little like basketball goal on the side of the, next to the house. 
and it's easy to lose your ball over into their yard. Mm -hmm. And so like the second day that we were there, like Shepard shot the ball over there. And so um, I sent the boys over there because I thought that was cool. You know, send your kids over to the stranger's house to get the ball back to be like, hey, we're new to the neighborhood and my ball's over there just so that they would get into the habit of throwing the ball back over, which happened for a while. And and you don't wanna be the one to have to go fetch the ball every time. Right, right, yeah, so I wanted to be like, hey, we got the basketball goal, we got, you know, I know the previous owner didn't have like kids that were using it a lot, but we are gonna use it a lot. We're probably gonna, a lot of our balls are gonna be up in your business. But so, you didn't, you sent them over to have that conversation without you. Yeah, and then I, I do remember <laughs> my boy saying that it was an interesting, I don't remember specifically what they noted, but it, I noted that it was, they said it was a, a, a kind of a different, they didn't, they weren't super warm to the boys. I was okay. Like, hmm, interesting. But, um, but then the lower part of the yard they have like a lot of vegetation in their yard, then I have like a lot of vegetation in my yard and they kind of just come together. But there is a clear property line. However, right at the bottom of the driveway, uh, there's like this little thing that kind of juts out where I'm sure the property line doesn't jut out, but it kind of seems like the bottom half of the driveway is kind of like almost going into his property line and then there's like a bush down there next to the, uh, the side of the driveway. So from a landscaping perspective, it feels like the previous owner had landscaped around the driveway and then when the driveway dog legged out a little bit, so did the landscaping. It feels like the landscaping is in my territory, like even though it's in his, it's definitely in his yard. So when mm. we decided we were gonna do some landscaping and Jesse specifically had the idea to put like a palm tree on each side of the driveway, oh. we went and talked to him. Okay. Uh, and it was gonna require cutting back this bush a little bit. Now first of all, I. You've seen his yard, it's got, it's like a forest. It's like. It's not intentional. It's, but it's, I mean, I like it, it's very natural. There's nothing I dislike about it, but it's. It's not manicured. But it doesn't make, not, what I'm about to tell you doesn't, isn't really consistent with the way the yard looks. Okay. So when Jesse talked to him, he was like, he said, Jesse was like, can we cut the bush back a couple of feet so I can plant this palm tree? And he was like, why would you cut the bush? The bush is a living thing. That was sign one that this is a little interesting. <laughs> a living thing. Well, yeah, well, why do you cut grass, dude? Because it's, I mean, <laughs> we cut living things all the time. It's just part of trim, you, you know, let's use the word exercising trim. our dominion over the earth. <laughs> so, uh, but eventually he. You weren't gonna pull up the bush. You weren't gonna. No, no, no. You weren't gonna kill the bush. It was just cutting it back a little bit so we could plant what I thought was a very pretty tree to match the other side of the driveway. Like, in other words, this is beautifying the space. That's two years ago. Oh. Haven't talked to the guy, to the guy since. Oh, wow. Right, that was back when we moved in. And so. Let me guess, did that guy have a dog? Yeah. <laughs> but the other day, uh, so like th four days before the day that we got picked up to go to the tour, uh, I, had, I had asked my gardener to trim some bushes and there was specifically one that was growing over the sprinkler and it was causing the sprinkler to just hit the bushes and not actually go onto the ground cover that needs to be watered. So it hit one living thing but it was depriving another living right. thing. Right, and so I was like, I, I have to cut one living thing to let another living thing live. You gotta make sacrifices. Right. So I took a saw, I found a it's saw. The, it's the trolley problem. And I went, Right, I actually, because I know that my neighbor is sensitive to these things, I basically just went to where the property line is and I just cut the limbs at approximately where the property line is so that, you know, I, this this kind of this tree slash bush was just invading my yard. So I just cut it. 
Mm-hmm. And then I did cut a couple of other limbs that were making their way all the way out into my yard. I kind of cut them a little bit further in, whatever. But then I, I actually ended up with a lot more t- but, uh, branches than I anticipated. And then I, the only place, because of the slope of my yard, the only place that I could set them down was it on the curb in his yard. But you, you've you seen his, like his house is way, his driveway is way up even, around the corner. I don't and even know. his house know. is way up there. I've never seen the house. Right, his house is way up there, up this hill, and this is m- more in my domain, even though it's on his property. But I was like, I'm gonna set these branches here, and then I'm gonna uh, text my my gardener and just say, "Hey, could you? I can't fit these in the in the bin. The bin. Can you take them?" But I didn't do it immediately. Mm-hmm. So what he was so pissed about was the fact that I had these limbs in his yard, and he's standing there with his dog, and he's like. What's the first thing he said? You know? I wish I knew, but it was something like, "Did you? What is this? What is this?" And I was like, "Oh man, I'm I am I'm sorry about that. I actually, and this is 100 percent true. I was like, I just texted my gardener to come pick that up today because that was true because I'd done it before because we were leaving. I was like, I got to get this stuff out of this guy's yard. It was just on the curb. It was barely in his yard. But then, but then he was like." Baloney. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, who says baloney?" <laughs> and It'd be and, like, "Hold up, you got baloney?" Because <laughs> yeah. I'm in. And I was like, "Do you want to see the text?" He's like, "I don't want to see the text." And then he says, "If you want to cut a tree on my property, you talk to me." And I was like, "Well, I cut it at the property line. I, it was stuff that was coming." He says, "If you want to," and then and then all of a sudden he went to the palm tree. He said, "In that palm tree." That's on my property. You have one day to take it down. Oh wow! And I was like, "Well, I'm about. I'm actually leaving to go out of town right now." He says, "I don't care. You have one day to take it down. And if you don't take it down, I'm going to chop it down and put it in your driveway." <laughs> and That's I was like, great. "And I'm watching all this from the SUV. I'm like, man, I should be, I should be filming this, but I didn't think about that. Now, I'm sorry. You know me." Now, if this, of course, we've talked quite Jesse a bit. Jesse was in the car on, with us. We've by talked now. quite a bit on this podcast about how we both handle conflict, and we've also we wrote a whole chapter in the book about it. Now, if you, if this guy confronted you, you would I, you would have been livid, like you, well, except, you would have been mad, super mad. And I was, but I was except actually, for the conversations we've had here, and I would hope that I'm a changed man, that I would have kept my cool, I would have done some deep belly breathing, and then I would have. Diffuse the situation. But here, here's the thing about the way that I approach these situations. I actually was not mad at all. I wasn't mad at him at all. It's like my first instinct was, I, I, I was, it was disbelief. I was like, is this guy really this mad about this? Is he really saying this? Is he really threatening me in this way? Yeah. And Did he really my, say baloney? And then my, my second, my, the second thing I was thinking was, how do I diffuse this situation right here, right now, and get this guy to back off? Like, so I was like. You know, as soon as we get back, we should have a reasonable conversation about this. And he was like, "Reasonable, my ass," or something like that. And yeah. just and just what? And he was like, "One day, he wouldn't." And then no, he just, but before he walks off, he said something about he oh, made a judgment about you, right? He, he said, "What? I'm sure you're some really special person." 
And I was like, what is he talking about? And I think. I think he said, I'm sure you're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. So That's what he said. What, what he was, well again, again. I heard him. This may be me projecting onto this guy, but I have a feeling that because he has uh, teenage kids. Oh gosh. I have a feeling that. They know. They know that I'm a YouTuber. Oh, and right. so they probably have said something like, yeah, he's you know, like YouTube famous or whatever. And of course, that doesn't mean anything to this guy. And so I think that it's sort of this like. Or maybe he could just, okay. No, and but so the way that like, he said it was oh, very much like, so, you think you're so special because you're, my kids think you're somebody or wonderful. something like that. And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> you don't believe me that I'm gonna get this stuff picked up. Uh, I tried to defuse the situation. So, but then I was kind of, sh- so he walked off, we get in the car and then both me and Jesse are both kind of shaken up, shaken up and I'm like thinking, how are we gonna defuse this? Like I gotta, I'm gonna, like we're like figuring out a strategy for what we're gonna do when we get back. Like we're gonna go right. t- take him a bottle of wine or something. It's cause I really wanna go well, over here's and say. The, here's the thing, at first it's like, my observation was, cause you were verbally processing it with me and Christy, um, you and Jesse, and, and at first it's like, well, how do we resolve this? What, I mean, the babysitter's taking care of the boy. She needs to drive out the driveway. Are they gonna be able to move the palm tree out of the way if he <laughs> thunks it down right there? Right. And so, and it's like, how do we diffuse the situation? But then I noticed a shift in your mindset. By the time we got to the airport, you were saying things like, I'm going to go to his front door when we get back with a bottle of wine. And you had shifted your perspective. Your, your objective had changed to a much higher goal. I want to become friends with this man. In order to. Well, I, A, I want my palm tree to be there and I want <laughs> him to be okay with it. Um, well, I think that's now C. I think A is you want to, um, I, I, I was gonna say kill him with kindness, but you don't want to kill him no, in any way. No, I mean, honestly, it's, it's just, I don't, the you idea. Wanna, the, of, you wanna win and w- define winning. Well, winning is having him to no longer feel this animosity. No, but it was it's more than that. What you want is you want to win in such a way that like you're so nice to him that he has to be nice to you. What he wants is he what he wants and then when is he, he goes, wants me to be mad back at him. Yeah, so when you're not, your goal is for him to have to be nice to you and say, "Dang. He's he's taking the high road." And then go back into his house, close the door and say what? And be really mad that he's not mad at me, <laughs> but and so that you have the power over him. Uh, well, I mean, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's winning when you can be so nice to the guy that a your palm tree stays, and b he has to go in his house and grumble to himself, but he can't do it to you anymore because you've taken away his ability to say things like baloney. You think you're wonderful, like. He can't do that to you. That's the power that you're taking well, away. And I do also think that like, it's just to have a neighbor. And when the basketball goes over, he comes out of his house, goes downstairs, grabs the ball, throws it over and says something nice to your kids. Well, sure, that would be great. I think the thing that I that I want him to understand and that I would say to his face and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to is like with all the crap that is going on in the world and all the mm-hmm. conflict that there is, are we really having a fight over this? Don't we both want the same things? We want beautiful yards. It's just like the steps that I am taking that 
have caused these problems are all because I'm trying to beautify the situation. Right. It isn't because I'm trying to exercise some sort of authority over your property. And also I did get all the limbs off within the hour. I actually called, instead of texted, I called my gardener, I said, I've got a situation with my neighbor, I want you to get over there as fast as you possibly can and get this stuff out of there because I wanna show them that I actually mean what I say and that you were getting this stuff out here. And you might need to bring a bodyguard with you. And when we got back home Did on you Sunday, the palm tree was still in its place. So that actually took a little bit of the wind out of my sails of like, I was also super tired, which we'll talk about like when we get back from a tour stop on, on a Sunday, it's like there's not a lot left. And mm -hmm. we took, we took uh, Jesse and Christy with us on this last trip. So I, the, all this you know energy that I had around reconciling was kind of like I just don't want to do that right now, and the, the the limbs are gone and the palm tree's still there, so I'll do that later. But oh, with yeah. every day that passes, it becomes less likely that I'm going to try to rectify the situation. Well, I think, but I still feel I like think I you, have to. You you did you you removed the 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 shrubbery. No, refuse, but I st I want reconciliation. And you kept your palm tree. I want reconciliation. What if something happens, man? What if there's an earthquake? What if we need to rely on each other? And we're just like, no, we hate each other because he threw some limbs on my yard at one time. I mean, and what your wife said is an interesting perspective. When we got in the car, she was like, I just feel sorry for that man because he feels that way all the time. He's mad all the time. And you just happen to be the target at this particular moment. Mm -hmm. And it's true, it's there's a, a lot a, of people if, who just live that way. If you're mad like that, then it's a lifestyle. You're, live, you're, you're waiting for the next person to piss you off so right. that you can unload on them. And it's just such a sad, sad way to live. It doesn't, I don't understand where it comes from and I'm sure he's got all kinds of stuff on his plate, whatever, but it was just, why? Why, why, why is this the way that he's choosing to deal with this? I don't know, hopefully I'm gonna be able to change that. And you know what? We hadn't even left your driveway yet. That's that's the type of adventures that that we that are in store for us as we yes. as we continue the tour. You know, because I didn't know what to expect. You know, from basically every other weekend, sometimes weekends in a row, like devoting our our weekend to showing up at a city on Friday, doing the show then getting up the next morning, traveling to a nearby city, doing two shows back to back, and then getting up early the next morning and flying back home. I just didn't know, having committed to it, what it was gonna, what it was gonna feel like. And I think it is very exhausting. It is also very rewarding to, um, to, to meet you guys on the tour and to see so many faces and to have a live interaction that's not across a screen at the, um, and then we we end every show with a Q and A, and we're able to like have more of a conversational back and forth with the audience. It's 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 great. I'm so glad we're doing it, but it is also very exhausting. And there's not really anything. Ultimately, there's not anything besides the tour. Besides, it's like. It's all about the shows, well, the travel, a, yeah, the shows, and then the, the 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 sleep that we can afford to get. And in between shows, I mean, just trying to preserve any energy you have, or like recharge in such a way that you can give it your best mentally and physically. But we're not really doing that because in between the two shows on Saturday, at least the last two weekends, we've taken that time to 
uh, go to a local bookstore and um, you know we've been Insta- Instagram storying this stuff. Yeah, uh, the whole the whole idea is that we we go to a place where the book of mythicality is. We take a Polaroid of us holding a book, our book, and we put it into one of the books, and then you you guys find it. Yeah, someone who's in the area, and in in New York at the Barnes and Noble, we did that, and we 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 met a couple of fans in there, but they didn't see us like hide the thing. So we did get out of there, and yeah. then we got back and we did the show, and then after the show, one of the guys who was in the VIP line, like the meet and greet, got to meet us, um, brought out the book and he had gotten the book. And he was like, I saw the, the Insta story and I like ran five blocks to what I thought was the Barnes and Noble and I found the book. Yeah, he found it, he did find it fast And then too. he brought it back to us. And then he asked us to sign it and I took that as an opportunity to keep it. So but we had already it. signed it. No, well we signed a Polaroid. No, but we had signed, that was the weird thing. No, I didn't keep it, he kept it. I but that's the thing that's still the mystery that I thought about later is that he had the book with the Polaroid. Signed. Taped exactly the same way that we had taped it inside there. Yes. And it was signed, but the book we signed in the Barnes and Noble, but the book he had was not signed. I still don't understand what happened. I think someone at Barnes and Noble took found that book and then took the Polaroid out and, and taped it to another book so that there would be two books with something valuable to a fan in them. That's what I think. Altruistically, someone uh, distributed the signatures. So now there's a signed book and a signed Polaroid in another book. That's what I think happened. But then when we were in Texas, um, in Dallas, we had the two, two shows in Dallas. So we typically do one show on a Friday night and then two on a Saturday and we drove from Austin to Dallas on Saturday morning. And then in between the shows, we were like, we, we're gonna go to a Walmart because the book is being sold at Walmart. And for some reason, the closest Walmart we could find was like 20 minutes away, maybe more than that. And so we drive, and so we're also gonna go to a Whataburger because everybody is telling us that you in guys- In Texas, are, you gotta go to a Whataburger. Everybody's like, you gotta go and you gotta say whether or not it's better than in and out So we're like, okay, in between the shows, let's go do that. And, and we and wishfully we thought we would also be able to take a nap. <laughs> that never happened. Uh, so again, all this is on Instagram. Was on Instagram if you follow the stories. But I mean, first of all, Whataburger. We tried that. It is not in and out. Yeah. Um, sorry, Texas. We did say that on Instagram, but it is but, it is no in and out. But now, whenever I eat in and out, I'm like, what a burger! Yeah, right. That you is a great burger. You, you have taken the, slo- the slogan. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they, you know, they got so many things they're trying at Whataburger. Yeah, it's uh, the way that's you, a sign. The way you put it was is they were kind of going the Arby's route, which I think they're actually going the Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. route. Yeah, uh, in that again, specialty and, burgers that like are, that, are fleeting. But they're there for a month and they're gone. But, oh, this one's got yeah, pico de gallo. But and to me, to pe- chorizo, to my personality, it. to your personality, In and Out is like the bullseye. It is like we do three things. Yeah, we do burgers, fries, and milkshakes, and we do them the same way. And we've done it for fifty years, and it'll never change. And they that's broke, like, don't break it. That is your bullseye. Now I appreciate that, and I love those burgers. But I also do appreciate like, oh, we got a catfish burger. You know, it's like, <laughs> what, what we, we- Something new, yeah. Yeah, there's something new with a bunch of different weird ingredients on it. I just feel it. like they're searching. Well, 
Yeah, but I mean, every once in a while you hit a bullseye. I mean, if you, I mean, every time I give you a fart in in one of those games, it helps you, right? Four darts. Four darts are better than one, uh, right? You, well, I not get, really. I gave you two much. farts and you won. It's a weak analogy. Uh, I think it's actually pretty strong, but I do. I mean, we got the normal burger and it wasn't great. The, and we well, the problem we had to apologize left and right because we were in Texas. Well, the problem with Texans doing that, that many night. different things is that. If you're gonna stack up the variety of one restaurant against the restaurant who does one thing, that's not really an apples to apples comparison at that point. Because if you like variety, you're like, well I don't wanna eat the same burger every time. But if you're just doing, we just got the Whataburger straight, no frills, they had no, they had like a chorizo burger and a chili burger, we didn't. We said no to that. Went with just it a wasn't straight a bad Whataburger. burger. it just wasn't a great burger. It wasn't bad, it was like I was satisfied as a meal but I don't choose to eat a lot of burgers at this point in my life. It's a, yeah. It's and like, I want it to really count when I eat it. And then we trotted across the street to the Walmart and literally spent 15 minutes just trying to find the book section of I the mean, Walmart. Good gracious, I haven't been in a super Walmart in a long time. And then once we found it, it was at the front of the store. We, we literally did a lap around the whole Walmart. Boy, that was exhausting. Yeah. And then we get back up there and They've got more romance novels than you can shake a stick at. Yeah. But they did not have one book of mythicality. Now, they did at one point. So that's that made me feel kind of good. I know that they had them there because we called ahead to yeah. make sure they would have one. But the, but and then it was gone. So they were sold out at the Walmart. And also they this was interesting, I mean, to me at least, is that the people of Walmart don't really have anything to do with the books that are on the shelves. It's just there's like a there's a like vendor. A, there's a vendor who comes in and just supplies the books. And lots of places, like I've seen lots of uh the beasts taking pictures, Target, Walmart, elsewhere, where they just have like a handful of books. Like that's not gonna happen as readily at like a Barnes and Noble. That's a bookstore. They they've got more of a stock. But some of these places that just have a book section, they might have ten books and those ten books of mythicality are getting sold so quickly that so many places don't have them. I mean, hopefully that's that has Well, that been makes rectified. me feel good, but the problem was we're Insta-storying. Right. Is that how you say it? Uh, this whole search, because we were like, oh, we're gonna go up, we're gonna find a book, we're gonna sign it, we're gonna take the polar, we're gonna put it in it, we're gonna get out of here. And then by the time we were like Insta-storying the fact that we couldn't find our book, like we had people sprinting in the store. Yeah. Fans. They were there already. And they were already there looking for the book and it was like we it was like there we were still trying to like hide the goods so it's kind of like when your kid comes out for the easter egg hunt you know. so i'm not done i'm not done hunting the eggs yeah yeah it was it was get back in the house it was a little awkward and then after they got their picture then they just kind of went over to the book section i was like oh i guess they're they're the ones they're they're the ones who are going to get the polaroid which I didn't feel bad gotta, about. We gotta because, get out quicker. But then the interesting thing Santa, that happened. Santa doesn't wanna be in the sack when the kids wake up in the morning. Oh gosh. Then uh, when the fans got their picture taken with us, then the employees of Walmart who had absolutely no idea who we were, <laughs> right. just lined up. One, one after the other, they all wanted to get their picture with us. Which I gotta think, put their jobs in jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, they had no idea who we were, but yeah. one lady was like, I think my granddaughter would care about this. And she yeah. got, and, and so she got a picture, and then somebody else got a picture, and somebody else got a picture, and I was like, you guys have no idea who we are. We could be, we could be serial killers. Of course, that probably wouldn't be why somebody was getting a picture with us. Um, but. Yeah, that would be odd. We, uh, 
we took several pictures with random Walmart employees and then we were like, guys, we need to go because we think more people are gonna be showing up here and this is just gonna get more awkward. So we, we walked out. But we did not find our book, but we did put uh, the picture in a book called Side Chick, um, which looked like a really, really good novel. Yeah. It was by an author called Cat. With two T's. K-A-T-T. Uh, that was it, no last name, no first name, it's just Cat. Uh, writing things like Side Chick. I'm sure that uh, he or she has uh, got other books other than Side Chick. I'm sure Side Chick is just one of many. What's another adventure that we went on? Um, before The day before that in Austin. I mean, we were, I I love Austin, man. I gotta go back to Austin. Yeah, great, that is great a, town. That's a fun little place. They got a bridge leading into downtown across the river and um, that leads to a statue of Willie Nelson, which is amazing. And under that bridge is, according to uh, my sources, the like, I think the largest urban uh, conglomerate of bats. Fruit bats. Hiding, not hiding, living under the bridge and <laughs> well, hiding. I mean, they are hiding most of the time. At dusk every day, there's a mass exodus of bats that I've seen on like nature shows that you can go down to the banks of the river at dusk and watch all these bats like start swirling around above the river and then take off. And if you have radar vision, it looks like a storm is coming out from under the freaking bridge, man. Who's got radar vision? The people of Austin, I think. Mm. I don't understand. If you were looking on a radar, it would look like a storm. You mean like infrared? Like a weather radar. Oh, that. But I, if you had that in your eyes, like if you had like a, like a, you know, like a Snapchat filter that is weather radar, I which think that's that, a good idea. I think that would be really uh, inconvenient for someone on the ground. It's like you know storms coming up. <laughs> How can you tell? Well, the same way you can tell, except I've got radar yeah, vision. It's I, not really helping me. Yeah, it's just they look like clouds still. I think on a radar, the bats register as a storm. Is what I'm trying to say. I I I doubt that. That's what the guy, you were there when the guy told us. He said that it registers on the radar? Yes. I didn't hear that. He made that part up. What, well he said it. I just, I just block out false, false information. You so much that no. you didn't wanna even hear about the This bats. is a misconception. My wife, that's what, and first of all, my wife just, she just, we brought our wives with us. <laughs> don't and, bring my wife into and, this. And uh, it really, it changed the complexion of the trip quite a bit, <laughs> don't, don't you think? But one of the ways that it changed the complexion of the trip is that my wife loves to just talk, like typically if Link and I are in a car and there's like an Uber driver, it's like, I'll say like, hello, I'm nice, but I don't get into the backstory. I'm just, I'm an introvert. I don't like to have that conversation, but my wife is an extrovert. And so mm. it's fun and it's funny. This, she's in the very back and he's in the very well, front. Now, we're in the middle. And let me tell you that your wife did this. I think your wife did this more than my wife, but they both did it. When your when when our wives are what I've noticed about them and I noticed about noticed this about them like seven times during the trip but your wife more than my wife treated people like they were the internet as if the <laughs> internet didn't exist right so it's like we've got this guy driving us to the hotel and then your wife starts asking him questions about like where are the good restaurants and all yeah, this stuff yeah yeah and it's just like. My, I'm thinking, well, that's what Yelp is for. It's like I don't have to have a conversation with one per, one person from one point of view when I can have a conversation with like a thousand people all at once through the internet 
and use, get, using only ag- your thumbs. Get the aggregate opinion of the people of Austin without having an awkward conversation. But then now you got a driver who's suddenly tour guide. Did you know he drove over that bridge twice? He drove past our hotel, we realized later, drove over the bridge just so he could, because he thought, oh, these ladies are into me, I'm gonna be the tour guide. He's like, the fruit bats show up on the radar. This is the largest <laughs> urban population of fruit bats in America. And then he drives, and then he goes around how, in a circle. How do you know he said that? And then he's like, this is our Willie Nelson statue. That's a great restaurant. And I'm thinking, like, guys, we could've, I mean, we this is great. We somewhere. But we, A, I wanna be in the hotel right now, and B, I could get all this information from the internet. <laughs> But then it happened again. She asked somebody else a question. The, the Does next, she do that all the time when y'all are together? Well, uh, we don't typically ride with strangers in other <laughs> settings. Well, my wife also does that with, well, where I was going with this is that what my wife did with the bat guy, with the driver, is that when he said the story about bats, she said, well, he's really scared of bats, <laughs> Talk, talking about me. And I'm like, I'm not really scared of bats. There's just a bat that lives in the awning above our jacuzzi at home. Jacuzzi. And, and, it, <laughs> and I got really scared one time and fell down when the thing flew at my head, okay? I fell down, I'm sorry, because I'm really close to the, I'm really close to the ceiling. But you, were, you flew. fell down, Rhett, you fell down in fear. I hit, of course I did, because Heather Dinklage got <laughs> bit by a bat when I was a kid, when we were all out playing. She got bit by a freaking bat. It landed in her hair and it wouldn't get out. It's like <laughs> flapping all around in her hair. Your head's up in the nest. Yeah, and I'm like, if a bat's gonna land on somebody's head, whose head is it gonna land on first? Mine. So you're like spread eagle on your patio trying to get away from no, the bat. No, I fell backwards. Oh gosh. I hit the deck and then she started laughing at me and ever since then she's like, he's scared of bats. I'm like, well, I'm scared of any flying mammal that gets within a foot of my head. Yes. <laughs> I don't think, but I'd watch the fruit bats, but as soon as they turned, I'd de- hit the deck. You're afraid of bees too, man. It's, I am very scared of bees. Yeah, and that has nothing to do with any of this. Your back spread for a bee at any, the drop of a hat. Anything that can fly and hurt you. You're afraid of. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. You're afraid of it. I'm afraid of it, but not especially afraid. It's not a bat phobia. Actually, I don't have a phobia of bees. I just very uncomfortable around them. Don't you, is there a difference? Yeah, like no. You, okay, no, if you no, had. You, you are debilitated if you whenever had a bat a, comes around. If you had a bat in a glass uh, terrarium and you put it right next to my face, I wouldn't be scared. I feel like if you have a phobia, you'd be scared. I feel like I have an unnecessarily uh, uh, pra- practical no. fear of, of these you things. You have a phobia of bat flight. I have a phobia of flying bats that are open, flying in the open. Well, under an awning. But if I took a open. if I took a snake and put it in this jar and it was clear and I held it up to your face, you'd be totally fine. Mm, or would I you would, feel uncomfortable? I would feel uncomfortable. See, I feel like that's different. I feel like that's like a next layer. That's like getting into phobia. I first of all, I don't believe you. If I had a bat in a terrarium, you bring a bat in a jar, you, you, and you, you will can be get uncomfortable. A bat in a jar, you bring it. You'll get that feeling in your balls like when you walk to the edge of a feeling cliff. Feeling in my balls, what? When you walk to the edge of a cliff and there's that sinking feeling that you might vomit or. Doesn't happen in my balls though. Really? What are you talking about? You have it in your balls? Every time I go to the edge of a cliff, I get a feeling in my balls. Yeah, <laughs> like a, a sinking feeling. You need to tell that to your doctor. 
We just had a physical today, not a physical, a very easy physical. Um, he did ask me to cough, but he didn't grab anything. I noticed that I was actually, I was on my laptop while you were getting the physical and he's like, please cough. And I'm like, oh, sh what? <laughs> it's like, I'm in the same room with why, you and I think. Why did you look up? Because I was like, hold on, am I gonna away. have to get the balls out right here in front of the link? I mean, we did get vasectomies together, but he. why did he ask you to cough? He didn't ask me to cough. I don't know. He must have looked like, he must have thought I looked like I had something lodged in my yeah, lungs. You have something you need to cough up right now, <laughs> sir. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but it was great having but I the ladies even, with us. And because the, the, thi the thing that I was frustrated about, I didn't want to drive around downtown, I wanted to get brisket. Yeah, right. And we finally got to, what's the name of the place that we did? I mean, there's so many places you can go. Was it Ruby's or Rudy's? Rudy's, and Rudy's. there's so many different places in Austin you can go, it's. And you're gonna offend it's somebody. It's like walking around and in barbecue heaven. But we couldn't they, go outside of town. And they all do it so well. So for for the sake of timing uh, and location, we went to Rudy's. The worst barbecue in Texas is what their sign says and it's attached, this particular one is attached to a gas station which I thought was cool. Yeah. Oh, it was so good, y'all. I mean, it was, it was remarkable. That, you get that, what's the, what's the fatty brisket called? The wet called? brisket. Wet brisket. It's the brisket with a little more fat, and then you get the pork ribs. I mean, Christy's from Kinston. She's from down east. They they'll smoke a pork rib for at the drop of a hat. Somebody's birthday. Somebody gets married. Somebody dies. Let's cook a pig. She knows some barbecue, and she's like, "This may be the best pork rib I've ever had." Well, and the I, thing I that, concur. The now, thing brisket made is something that we don't do in North Carolina. Yeah. At, at, as like, we don't take pride in our brisket, but so I always gotta get that in Texas. But I would say A, both the, were so the brisket good. was as good as I've had. Like I've had some really good brisket. Almost that, wrong, it's so good. That was really good. But the ribs specifically, first of all, you gotta, if you wanna really enjoy barbecue, you, especially a rib, it's not a sauced rib. Like when you go to, when you go to like mm -mm. Chili's or Applebee's and they give you the, baby back ribs and they're just slathered in sauce. Like guys, that's not a rib. A rib is a dry rub rib that doesn't have any sauce on it and you, you're actually tasting the meat. Yeah, and if, it's if smoked, it, it's not boiled, it's not baked. Slow, slow it's, and slow. It's smoked. Cooked. And there is this, I don't know how they did it. They have it where it has the taste and like smoke ring of a smoked rib but the tenderness of one that has been baked, like it's, Fall, it's not quite falling off the bone, but it is so it comes off clean. Oh my goodness. They're so good, man. It was a heavenly experience. It, you know, when I'm at a low point, I'm gonna think about that brisket. Well, we can get some shipped here. You don't have to just think about it. I think just thinking about it will be powerful enough. For me, thinking about it makes me want it. I'm getting, I'm starving right now. Yeah, you, that's not I'm gonna make so you happy. Hungry. You've just created want within yourself. <laughs> But I'm gonna go back to that moment. And let me tell you, if you walk in a restaurant and you look in the back corner of the main dining hall and there is a trough where multiple people can wash their hands at once, yeah. you know you're in the right spot. And right they next had to that freaking trough, they had a device. A device that was two holes. And you you thought it was a dishwashing thing. And I no, was like, no, 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 no. I thought it was a hand dryer. Like you know how those like Dyson blades, you like beep, you put your I was like, oh, this is a newfangled hand dryer. You wash your hand in the big trough sink, 
and then you put your hands in these two holes because someone had, I saw someone with their hands in the holes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you wash your hands and you dry your hands in this new fangled version of a, of a hand dryer. But it wasn't, it was a hand washer. And it was the most, it, it, it was, was it was almost washer. sensual. You'd stick your hands in there. Come on. And the water starts going and it's warm and there's soap in it and it's, it's spaced in such a way that the soapy water is lower than the rinse water. Oh really? Yes. So you stick it in there and there's like I, a, there's I would, a sanitizing thing well, happening as you go deeper. There's jets um, all around the thing. It's I would spinning. say there's about 40 jets. It's like the freaking Jetsons. Around, around your whole, and you can, you can go all the way up to your shoulder into this thing. No, you can't go <laughs> you that can, deep. You can go almost to your elbow. It's not like delivering a baby cow. But you can, I mean, cause sometimes when you eat ribs, you know, if you hold them like this long enough, you're gonna get, you're gonna get drip all the way down the forearm and they take that into account. It was a, it was a, and then as you it pulled, was a sensual experience. I, I, exactly, it was just warm <laughs> water and as you pulled it out, there was like a curtain of rinse water that just rinsed all the soap off and I was like, and then I was like, where are the dry holes? Where are the dryer holes? And they didn't have dryer holes. They didn't holes. have dryer holes. I mean. I think those are your pockets. I think 2018 they'll get dryer holes there. Well, it should, the water should turn off and then the air should turn on. Well. And then you should pull it out. In the future, bathroom sinks are just gonna be a wall of holes. Oh goodness. And you just stick your hands in these two holes and you stick your hands in these two holes and that's it. I think probably toilets will be that too. Yeah, restrooms will just be a series it's of holes. It's just a wall of holes and you just kinda exactly. go up against it. We have it. seen the future. We know for certain. Wall of holes. That's it. You know what? That was amazing. I got an idea. We open a restaurant. I've not seen that anywhere else. We call it hole in the wall. Oh. And then people come in and be like, but this is real fancy. And we're like, yeah, the hole in the wall has nothing to do with the decor. It has to do with the bathroom. <laughs> the bathrooms are just holes in the wall. So you reach your hand in and you pull out brisket? Is it in the dining room too? Oh like, gosh, yes, the whole the restaurant holes is. holes are everywhere. The whole restaurant is holes. Hole in the wall. Hole in the wall. Yeah. That's how you get your food. That's how you pay. That's how you, That's how you wash. That's how you tinkle. Yeah, it's an, it's an entirely anonymous experience. It's just all holes in the wall. <laughs> There's no tables or anything. And, but it's a very tasteful, that's the subtitle. Hole in the wall, a very tasteful experience. Experience, a it's very like tasteful everything experience. Everything about it is tasteful. Right. Hold on, we gotta I should go back down. to New York. I gotta show New York a little love. Um, of course, we went there first and before um, the inaugural uh, stop on the tour of Mythicality, which was in Huntington, Long Island. Um, we had to make a few Piara stops, including the the Ryan and Kelly show, the Kelly and Ryan show. Kelly What's and that? Ryan Kelly, live with Kelly and Ryan. Yeah, many weeks back now. Maybe maybe you saw that, but um, first time we were on there, Ryan Seacrest was absent. You know the guy from American Idol. I know him. I felt like I knew him really well because like I watched a lot of American Idol from like season two to like, like back in the day, like me and Christy, we would like, we would time the changing of our kids' diapers in like season two, season three of American Idol because we, we didn't have TiVo and you couldn't pause it and we were that into American Idol. Yeah, the Be first like, few seasons, yeah. I'm, I, gotta run and, I gotta run and change the baby's diaper. I remember that. 
in a commercial break for American Idol. That's how into it we were. And I just thought Ryan was just, he's always been excellent at it. I always thought he was just great. He is the kind of guy that you feel like you know because you've seen him so many times. Yeah, I think people may feel that way about us and you know what, I'm honored to be, if, if I, I'd love to be mistaken for Ryan Seacrest one day. Any day of the week. Any I don't day, think I would every be, day though. of the week. Um, we didn't, you don't think you would? No, no. You're taller than him. I'm a lot taller than him. We didn't meet him before the show and of course we met Kelly last time, she's, She's she's great. She's she's a personal friend now. No, we we we've taken pictures with her, and her son is a We're is taking, a mythical beast. Yeah, we did sign a book for her son. Um, but we didn't see Ryan until we we like walked out and we were actually doing the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. You know, it's weird how you're when you're thinking things about like, oh, I'm I'm meeting Ryan Seacrest. I remember I used to change the baby's diapers on the commercial break for American Idol. I'm thinking all this while we're actually oh, doing yeah, the yeah, yeah, segment. Yeah. Well, that we're on live television. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. I know man. my mom's watching, and I'm thinking like, yeah, if you ever see his nose looks different in person than it does on television. Yeah, I'm literally thinking oh, that. Oh no, hundred percent. Like, I think that, and hopefully it's not obvious. If you if you go back and watch this, it's like I'm thinking all the same things. You're not thinking about what you're supposed to be thinking about, like, and that's no excuse for why I spilled the whole smoothie all over the table. I did that for comedic yeah, effect. That was okay, that was purposeful. But you're thinking about the experience that you're having. I mean, well, like, that's I, good. I I feel like it's good to be in the moment, and that you can we can do that. Be like, oh, I'm assessing Ryan Seacrest's well, nose location. But there's things like that. But there's also like, oh, this is interesting. There's a live, even though this is the second time we've been on the show. It's like there's this is live and. There's an audience here right now, and like I'm kind of trying to make them laugh, but I really should be thinking about the people who are watching at home, and like you're having all these thoughts as you're doing it. And then I like, I you know we did the thing, and then I I called Jesse, and I'm like, did you see? Uh, did you watch it? And, she, and she's like, yeah. Um, you swayed a lot. Swayed. You swayed a lot. Like. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like a like a palm tree she, at the corner of your yard. She's like, you were kind of stared like, at you by were, a neighbor. You were swaying back and forth quite a bit, and I was like, you really? Got to stop that, Red. And I Bad. was. I had a. I was swaying. What I was doing is, I was doing. I was having the thoughts that you're talking about. I was thinking about, oh, we're on the show, and we got to move things along. We got to be funny. But I'm thinking about oh I'm seeing Ryan Seacrest for the first time. <laughs> that causes me to sway apparently. Do a little. Was it like a dancing kind of sway? Well, like like you're listening to REO no, Speedwagon? No, it was like it was like I'm ready for action kind of. Like I think it was my attempt to be energetic because I have a tendency to just be pretty oh, low so key. Oh, so it was an athletic sway. It was like a weight shifting so that you can like dodge a hook. You'd be, you'd be ready for anything. But I'm such a large individual and I had on a jacket. So I think when I start swaying like that, like it's. It, There's like a bell effect that happened. Whoa, almost you, turned yeah, over my. Mm-hmm. I mean, A, I start, I create a breeze, a noticeable breeze. And B, it's you can't help but notice it. It's like putting a ruler in front of your, your computer screen and just going like this. It's going to, you can't, I had a pink jacket on. Up there, almost seven feet tall, swaying back and forth like a moron. I'm sorry, I did it. I'm, and you know what, I'm, when she told me that, I'm like, that's all you got to say? But then I was like, you know what? No, she's like, you did great, you just swayed a lot. I was like, I'm actually happy you told me that because I'm not gonna sway now. I, in fact, mm-hmm. I, I've been going to Yvonne, who's, and I just said, I want you to do something to my hip so I can't sway. <laughs> oh. You know, I work work the sway out. I think she's trying to do the opposite, actually. She wants yeah. to loosen all of that up. Yeah, she didn't. 
tension in the hips she makes its way like into, into the into neighbor's uh, tension. We met Ryan Seacrest's assistant who after the bit, we got our, we got our pictures with both of them and then I think this was afterward, she comes in with a couple of boxes for us, oh, bags with boxes in yeah. them. She's like, Ryan wanted me to give these to you guys and um, we're opening it up immediately. It's like, oh yeah, oh, Ryan Seacrest gonna give us something, something nice. And she's like, it's, it's his skincare line for men. And it was a box with like, um, I can't remember what the brand was, it's Dr. Somebody. Dr. It, do, it doesn't say Ryan Seacrest on it. I just think he must orange. have like a, a sponsorship deal with this like skincare for men. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I got like a skincare regimen now? Like, well, you Chris, don't have to, Christy. Oh, I've been using it. I broke. You haven't been using it. I broke this thing out, and it's I have like my own. There's three tubes. My own line link. <laughs> yeah. The, well, I I would, I've made fun of Christy for like years because she has this like, here's my nighttime skin regimen, and here's my morning skin regimen. And there's like, I can't make sense of what's on her sink and what's in the shower. There's like, like, seemingly three versions of the same thing. Then if you read the fine print, it's like step one. Nighttime it's cream. It's like step five. Midnight cream. Step nine. And I'm Early and, morning cream. And I didn't know I would react this way, but then when Ryan Seacrest gave me my own skincare regimen, I was very happy about it. I was like, I have a three-step skincare regimen now. I've been doing that. I've been doing something similar for like two years now. <laughs> really? No, seriously. Like, you didn't tell me about it. No. The first one is like rubbing lotiony dirt all over your face. It's like, this doesn't feel right. Exfoliating, man. And then you wash that off. It's and, like, and then the second step. It's kind of funny to hear an adult man soap. talk about exfoliation cream like it's a, it's a new invention. And then the second one, oh gosh, that scared me. What was that? Did you hear that? It was, uh, it's these headphones. If you'd have heard that, it was it's like scraping a brisket across Ryan Seacrest's face. Well, That's what I just heard. I I heard it. I heard it as well. I did not have his visceral reaction. Now, if it was a bat, it was like I would have been on my back. I am afraid of Ryan Seacrest's brisket face. That's my. Are you phobia. about to tell me that the third step is brisket? Second, I'm second step, man, is pork ribs. Shave cream plus soap. It's like face wash that then you shave off instead of rinse off. Are you sure you read that right? Yes. I have to read it every time because they all look the same and I don't want to do them out of order. You shaving your forehead again? <laughs> I don't, I just, I wash the part of my face that I shave. And then I'm most concerned about what about the other parts? And then the last thing is lotion for the face. It's pretty revolutionary. <laughs> and it has. We've got exfoliation cream, shaving cream, and lotion, Plus soap, everybody. man, and then it's, <laughs> and I put that everywhere, and it's got a SPF in it, and it feels like I'm putting on sunscreen. Well, because that's what SPF is. And I, I just think when you're as old as we are, me, you, and Ryan, how old is Ryan Seacrest? Older than us, but not by much. 58? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know, 43, 42. 42, yeah. He's 42, see, we gotta care about these things. I'm like, all right. I trust the well, no, secret. But I've been I seriously, I have this I I started this a couple years ago <laughs> because well, I get that everyone always tells me that I look tired. And um guys, I don't look tired. I look 
old. That's <laughs> you just need to get more specific. That's that's what's happening to me. I'm aging. I'm forty years old. I'm not gonna look like uh, not me. I'm using my regimen, man. No. So, but I, I was like, and also my eyes are like big and uh, buggy, and they, and like and also when like this is a perfect example. Like on on camera, you got lights that are coming down, and also. Your eyeball itself creates a shadow. a shadow. That's how much it bugs out. And push them in. Talk to Yvonne about that. Because well, she has to pull on the middle of the nose. She like grab. <laughs> no, she just grabs your face and this with her thumb. No, she never. Like she never does anything direct. She'll like give me a wet willy and my eyeballs are going. <laughs> now, because I'm going to partly blame you for this because you've got glasses and we can't have a light that reflects, and so we have to have a light that is high enough so that it doesn't reflect in Link's glasses, and that creates this situation where I've got these bags, and so I've got these big exposed eyeballs, and sometimes like, well, my eyes, the bags are really, really kicking in. Yeah, we have the opposite. My eyes are so deep, it's like Yvonne's pushed them all the way in. We need to tell, her that, we need to tell her that we need a happy medium. Right, we need to go in together. But she needs to hug both of us. Because of that, I have like a, I have a two-step process. Oh, at that's night efficient. where I put this, and then in the morning I do this What's stuff. in the, well, what's in the night? Hmm. Well, I do like a, a, a retin-A-based thing which is like. Acne? Uh, well, it helps with acne, but it helps with like uh, discoloration and like, you know, as you start getting older, you get like weird spots on your face and stuff like that, so it keeps uh, that from happening. And then the eye gel keeps from the, the bags, man. It's like, I, I gotta do it in the morning, like before we shoot, and even though I still do that, it still looks, like if you go back five years, you can be like, oh yeah, he's getting old, he's getting old, but I see all that, it. All that stuff is hoodoo, man. No, it's not. Eye gel? First of all, what is hoodoo? Did you mean voodoo? No, but, voodoo, it's a term. But it's, no it's not man. Next it, time you're in an Uber, ask him. I, what I'm saying is that stuff is, is, is legitimate man. You the one that just told me about your three step process. You think all that's hoodoo? Yeah, but I just love to do it because it seems like I'm proceduring myself. There's no doubt that putting some lotion on your, on your skin helps yeah, but, stave uh, off the aging process. Absolutely no doubt. It's been scientifically proven. Have you well, watched my actions, a commercial? My actions and my emotions speak louder than my words. Yeah, but I've been doing that process, man. I, I swallowed my pride a long time ago. You hear enough comments about something and then you start doing something about it. Uh, next time I see Ryan Seacrest, I'm gonna be like, Ryan, I've been using your skin regimen. He's gonna be like, well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. He does. I use the expensive stuff. That's what he's gonna tell you. Uh, <laughs> No, I think I believe in my heart that I have a connection with him every time Ryan's, I rub my face. You think Ryan Seacrest is sitting around shaving his whole face just to wash it? Psh, he's not doing that. It's a prank, man. There's probably a camera in that third step. Like, how many people are going to think that we can actually put shaving cream and uh, soap together in one product? Explain the camera. I'm saying that the whole system is an elaborate prank on people like you. And like four years from now, there's going to be a compilation video on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> this okay. is gonna be a bunch of people washing and shaving their face at the same time and you're gonna be the star of it. Okay, I'm fine with it if that means I can have yours, your box. Well, I do wanna test it. I might add one of the steps to my two steps. Since you got three steps, I only got two steps. I feel like I need another step. Mm -hmm. But I'm definitely not gonna wash and shave them. I don't shave at all. We could, and then you know we're gonna invent like a, a mythical face regimen. Of course, of course. For sad, middle-aged men. Yeah, but it's going to involve no, we need to brisket do, juice. We need to do a teen, a teen acne brisket juice regimen. Yeah, 
Step one is, is rubbing brisket. Step two is you just eat pork ribs just Ex because you can. Experience the sound of brisket rubbing across your face just like Ryan Seacrest does. I bet you brisket on the face would help with acne. Something about the fats. Something about it. Yeah, well it give you a youthful glow. All right guys, we're, we're, we're gonna tweak it. We're gonna go into R&D at uh, uh, Mythical Entertainment and um, we won't burden you with the details until it's uh, it's fully fleshed out. Thank you for listening, and thank you for letting us know what you think about ear biscuits using hashtag ear biscuits. I regularly go on the Twitter and look up the hashtag ear biscuits to see what you guys think. Uh, yeah. So thank you for doing that. And then he tells me about it, and we talk about it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll search it too. That's why there's two of us. <laughs>